ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means this episode 166 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. Uh, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Eric. I'm in a little bit of a funk walk list. And uh, joining me this week, as he does every week, is the other host of the show. I'm uh, Jesse, uh, the, the godfather of funk, Wilson. Godfather of funk, wow. Well, maybe you can help me get out of this since you are the Godfather. Yeah, exactly. Make me an offer I can't refuse. Are you? Is it sick funk or just? No, I'm just. A, I don't. I don't know. I got the blues. Maybe it's fall. Yeah. It is fall now. I think it's officially fall, but it's not like a regular fall. It's not like a Washington fall because uh, it's basically Washington's decide to turn into Virginia. It's like <laughs> humid weather and th- thunderstorms. So there's that. Maybe it's the <laughs> thunderstorms. Must be living in a different Washington than me. You don't. You didn't get any thunderstorms this week. Oh, uh, I think we got like one massive maybe. thunderstorms. Huh. Cool. Maybe it's the electricity in the air. Uh, I don't know. Just funky. Oh, I think I know what it is. It's Seahawks. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you better not be one of those people. <laughs> Try not to be. Oh God, dude, do yourself a favor and just stop watching sports if that's who you're going to be. It, but don't do. You're not doing it a, a favor for yourself. It's a favor for the other people who have to fucking put up with you. I know that you're just you're you're saying to me what you would like to say to your coworkers. Yeah, and I have. He's the <laughs> ultimate one of these people, and he gets all uh, bummed out when the uh, the. Seahawks lose. It was especially bad after the playoffs last year, and that was yeah. a heartbreaker. It was. But still, okay, you get one day. You get one day of mourning, but then just remember that it's a game of a bunch of people who don't care about you. <laughs> and who really and, aren't from Seattle. Yeah, who happen to lose, and yeah. it's pretty inconsequential, really. So move on. I think there are a couple things. You know, after after we got off the podcast last week, we both looked at the at the upcoming schedule for the Seahawks and, like... We thought that they could go fourteen and two. Really, I mean, they, they're playing the Rams twice, playing the Cardinals twice. Uh, they got a pretty easy schedule, other than their next game, uh, which is coming up in December against the Forty ers and then they got a game against the Saints. Other than that, not a lot of uh, scary teams in coming up. But then they just turn around and lose that game in Indianapolis. <laughs> Thirty-four well, points. Turns out the Colts are pretty good. I think the Colts are good. I also think that in retrospect, this loss is probably a good thing for the Seahawks team. Cause... Well, it's a, that's a game you want to lose. It's not even to an NFC team. Right. It's not to an that's NFC team. Game. By the way, the Colts, dude. So they, they drew the, uh, they drew the card of, of playing against the NFC West this year. <laughs> so sure, you get to play against the Rams and the Cardinals, but you also have to play the, the Seahawks and the 49ers. They already won the games against the yeah, Seahawks and the 49ers. Yeah, they could sweep the NFC West. They could. They could easily do that. I'm actually predicting that the Cardinals will beat them. It'll be like a letdown game. <laughs> well, um, here's hoping. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like the Seahawks have a tendency to get a little cocky. I think, like they got that 14 or that 12 point lead, and I think they had it in the bag, and then all of a sudden it wasn't in the bag, and then all of a sudden they were scoring field goals, and the Colts were scoring touchdowns, and then that was the end of the game. It was kind of funny. It's like, oh, this is how it feels to get rallied against. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, Andrew had, Luck is a freaking good quarterback, man. Yeah, he man, he's he's got a he's got a rocket powered laser beam for an arm. And he's just super smart too. Like yeah. he does things that only veteran quarterbacks do. Mm-hmm. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Yep. 
Suck and for luck, man. He's he's a lot faster than uh, defenses actually give him credit for. <laughs> and he's actually six foot two, two hundred and forty pounds. He's six two, two hundred forty, and just an arm tackle isn't going to bring him down. No. Did you get the Did you get the sense that the that the commentators were rooting for the Colts a little bit? Oh yeah. Oh man. I, well, no. Here's the thing: the commentators just root for the team that's doing well, right. At that moment, that's so. true. The entire second half was just a Colts love fest because the entire second half was the Seahawks pooping in their own pants. Anyway, we should move on. <laughs> we should move on. Uh, we're going to get to uh, what are you drinking. Um, but before we do, I actually want to play a voicemail because my what are you drinking is going to play off of this voicemail. So uh, we're going to go over to Philly to check in with JR. Here he is. Hey, what's up, guys? It's JR from Philly. As promised, i uh, give you my review of the Institute Bar's 5th Annual Great Pumpkin Beer Festival. Uh, the Institute is kind of a tiny place, so they shut down an entire street block outside of the bar, and there was plenty of room for seating and food, they had some live music. They did set the record. They had 87 pumpkin beers and ciders and all which beats Elysian's festival for the largest pumpkin beer festival in the world. Um, now, at a festival, my strategy is always to take the already small sample glass and ask for half of that so I can still get a proper tasting without dumping out valuable beer into the spill buckets that others could be sampling. Now, there's no way to have 87 beers on at one time. So, <laughs> even with the outside space, they have rotating taps. I was able to sample 34 of those 87, so I ended up circling back uh, to some of my favorites. And um, my only small knock on the festival was I couldn't continue branching out because I tried everything that was out at one time. But anyways, here's some of my faves. First and foremost, Southern Tier Pumpkin. Everybody knows it. It's the king, baby. It's like eating pumpkin pie. At this event, they also had pumpkin ice cream. They made ice cream out of uh, uh, pumpkin beer and it was amazing. And I gotta say Weyerbacher, little place out of Easton PA, Weyerbacher Imperial Pumpkin is neck and neck for the number one spot on my list. Uh, whereas the pumpkin is sweet, a little bit sweeter on the side, uh, a little bit more vanilla in there. The pumpkin is richer, is spicier, and uh, both beers are strong, of course, coming in over 8% each. Um, also loved from Elysian, of course, the Great Pumpkin. They had another good one, Night Owl. And those are two very solid pumpkin beers. But i got to say my favorite Elysian beer at the event was the Dark of the Moon, which is a smooth chocolate stout. It has pumpkin in there and cinnamon. Fantastic. There's another small place out of PA uh, called Springhouse. Uh, and they have Brains Pumpkin Ale for Zombies. And this was a, a strong maple, strong cinnamon. I almost got a little bit of graham cracker in there. Very excellent beer. And what really helped put the festival over the top was the place that I happen to have gotten married, so I'm a little biased. But Fegley's Brew Works brewed five special beers just for this festival to get their numbers up. And they had some bourbon barrel-aged Devious, which is their... I guess you'd call it their flagship pumpkin. Uh, but they had uh, Pumpkin Porter, uh, which had a sweet cinnamon pop. They had another one, Pumpkin S'mores and Vanilla Bean Pumpkin. Loved, 
loved, loved everything from Brewworks. So, hey, it's a great festival. Don't be shy. You come on and try every kind of beer. Pumpkin beers, vegetables, fruits. It don't matter. It's all good here. So, listen. Get off my back button. Later, guys. <laughs> Get off my back button, JR. Get off my backspace. Get off my backspace. Um, get off my MySpace. Oh, that didn't work. <laughs> Already did. Um, so in that vein, you know, it, the challenge has been – the gauntlet has been thrown and by plenty of people on this podcast. So I am now popping the top on my very first pumpkin beer ever. Wow, this is a, a historic moment. I'm going to bite the bullet here. And I decided to go with JR's highest recommendation, which is the pumpkin because, uh, you know – if there's one person I'm going to trust about beer on this podcast, it's JR. Yeah, that sounds wise. Um, so, Pumpkin, it's in my glass, and I'm going to give it a little sip. This always makes for great radio. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it tastes like pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you guys got me. Tastes like pumpkins. <laughs> I don't know. I guess the thing is, is like, I'm not a big fan of just like super, like I'm, what, what's that German rule that the law of the beer? Ryan Heiskabot. Yeah. The Ryan Heiskabot. I'm a Ryan Heiskabot guy. You know? No, you're not. Cause you like, oh, well, I guess you don't like wheat beers. No, I don't. <laughs> you like rye beers? I like rye beers. So okay. that's not Ryan Heiskabot. Maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's where the line is drawn, where the Rhine is drawn. <laughs> Uh, That's so, the best joke you've made all year. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't know. It's pumpkiny. It's uh, and and you're listening to me drink it. Maybe it, you know I had one sip, so I'll I'll let you I'll let you know the play by th- play throughout the cast. Try the dark of the moon. Um, yep. Because a good pumpkin beer is also it shouldn't just be like pumpkins in your face. It should be you know spiced and taste yeah. like the spices should be trying to recreate like the the pie crust. Yeah, I think that, and I think that this, I think the pumpkin, I would, I would compare it to like a spiced pie crust flavor. I don't think it's super pumpkin. It reminds me of pumpkin pie. Pump. If this was in an ice cream, though, Jerry was saying this is an ice cream. I would love that ice cream. Yeah, there's nothing I love more than. Uh, he's from Philadelphia, right? Yeah, Philly, PA. I yeah, I want to be outside in autumn in Philadelphia eating ice cream. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Oh man, we gotta bring out the gate the haterade for this cast. <laughs> haterade. Jesse, what are you drinking this week? Uh, I'm drinking my homebrew, my lager. It's delicious. You made a lot how'd the lager turn out? Is this your first lager? Yeah, it's my first lager. Um Ooh. the terminal gravity is a little bit higher than I expected, but yep. I, I kinda fermentation was weird because it was too cold because mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. Well, um, was so, it? Was it? What uh, it's is good. it? It's it's really it's just a single malt, single hop, Pacific Northwest two row, and Australian topaz. And topaz is super citrusy, so it's like it almost tastes like it's really lemony, orangey, and oh. uh, super tart. Actually, well, not not tart, just kind of a perceived tartness because of the citrus flavor. It's good though. I like it. It's four point seven percent, real easy drinker. Legitimate, legitimate. Yeah. Um. Was it? Is it? Was it as cold as the Rockies? Uh, well, I'm drinking it out of a stein with a pretzel on it, and yeah. 
Uh, it's not called activated, so I, I don't know. There's no way to know. Therefore, it's not as good as a Coors. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, and speaking of uh, speaking of dedications, I don't know. If, I didn't think we dedicated this to Jay. I think we just congratulated. But for calling in uh, and for uh, giving us a beer update, I'm going to dedicate this podcast to Jr. from Philly. Also for being recently married, and also yeah. for sending us his wedding beer to try. Right. So I will have to try that on the podcast. And Jesse, he's still waiting on your address. Oh. So uh, just add that in in current in open business on the agenda here. So I <laughs> uh, wanted to get that out of the way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, let's get on to more listener feedback this week. Yeah, we got some great uh, – we got a new one, a new guy. He's from uh, Tejas, which is actually one of our biggest listening states is Texas. Yeah, it's a hotbed of arrogant love. It is. Uh, so we got a new guy, John, and here is his uh, epic voicemail. Hey, guys. It's John from Texas. Um, I'm sitting here at my desk drinking some wholesale pale ale. I just had some – of the limited Oktoberfest as well, and I really appreciate you guys recommending this brewery. It is really, really, really good stuff. I'm glad we can get it down here. Um, I just wanted to know what the weirdest illness that either of you guys have had was. Uh, last summer, I almost died from Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Mm. So apparently you get that from a tick, and I don't remember getting bit by a tick. But anyways, also... Uh, <laughs> Do you ever laugh when you see something <laughs> random? Sorry, guys. I'm a little tipsy right now. Um, I just saw a book <laughs> called Murder in the Yoga Store. <laughs> All right. I will end <laughs> this disaster of a call. Get off my Back to the Future Part 4. Will they make it? Get off my Back to the Future Part 4. Uh, first of all, did he say murder in the yoga store or the yoga? I think, or the, I think it was the yoga store. Was it yoga store or yogurt store? Mm, I heard yoga. Yeah. Like where you go buy your yoga? <laughs> yeah, you go buy yoga by the bulk. I get my yoga at Costco. Yeah, um, I get it by the pallet load. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess there's a few questions here. First of all, love the drunk dial. Yeah, please, so, more of those. Yes. Uh, and then second of all... Um, I would really like to do a Drunk Dial of the Week segment. Yeah, I would love to do that too. Now, we're but not... going to be drunk when you call in. Exactly. <laughs> Just like we are on the show. And no calling from your car, please. Yes, please, guys. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, and then the second one is, what is the weirdest illness, Jesse? Um, well, the, probably appendicitis. That was yeah. really weird. Life-threatening. Uh-huh. But um yeah. How I, quickly I how quickly from initial pain to no more appendix? Um it was probably about twenty four hours. Twenty four hours of appendix labor. Yeah. Get that sucker out of there. But then there's also like a day of like flu like symptoms before. Ooh. That's yeah. crazy. So now anytime I think I have the flu, I'm gonna be like scared I have appendicitis. Ooh. Yeah. As long as you don't get that pain in the side, you should be fine. All right. Well, well my have you, have you been bitten by a tick? I have not been bitten by a tick. I think I've it's been bitten by a tick. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Because, like, I got I got bit by a tick. I pulled it off, right? But mm -hmm. it was like biting into me, but it hadn't burrowed yet. Right. And then it, it just felt like someone was pinching me, and it hurt for days. Like Ugh. it just felt like I was being pinched for days. Heek. It was weird. Good thing you didn't get Lyme's disease. I agree. 
But Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. Yeah, John, I feel kind of worried about Sean or John because uh, I can't tell if it was Sean or John. Um, please write in and spell your name for us. Uh, but <laughs> um, he said he didn't remember being bit by a tick, which means he still might have a tick on him. Mm. Check your crevices. Yeah. I think my weirdest uh, my weirdest sickness was definitely swine flu. Ah, uh, right. Like, which I got from PAX. So I got four days off for PAX from work, and then I got another five days off for swine flu. And it was literally during the epidemic. So, like, I called the nurse hotline because my sister's like, you have to go to the hospital. You have swine flu. So I called the nurse hotline at, at, uh, at the hospital, and they're like, what are your symptoms? And they're like, okay, yeah, it sounds like you have swine flu. Um, can you breathe? <laughs> and I was like, yes. And they're like, okay, well, we're kind of swamped. So don't come in unless you can't breathe. So I just sat at home and drank orange juice for five days. Yeah. Uh, no offense, nurse hotline, but if I can't <laughs> breathe, I'm coming in. I already right. know that. Exactly. That's a, that's definitely an indicator. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, swine flu, man. That was like the only sickness that really just knocked me out. Like I could not get out of bed in the morning. Uh, so swine flu for me. Thanks for the drunk dial. And then uh, finally, we have one more phone call uh, coming in from an old buddy from an old town called Indianapolis. Here it is. Hey, Eric, Jesse, how is everything going? Roger, friggin' Dotsy here. Don't worry. I've been listening every single week. I just love it to death still. I just haven't felt like I've had anything to contribute. I've been enjoying other people's contributions. No one needs to hear my stupid ideas too much. Um, so sorry it's been a while. Uh, I was just calling because I'm driving down the road. I'm on my way home from work right now. And it's just a beautiful fall day. I remember last year you guys said, I don't like fall. One of you did. I don't know if that's changed in the past year. I love fall. Football's on, the leaves are changing, the weather's getting good, and Halloween's coming up. Everything's pumpkin-flavored, which I think is fantastic, by the way. Um, and then there's spooky sights all around. I love it. Um, that being said, I have a little Halloween-y thing to talk to you about, and that is, what do you think is the best Halloween movie. doesn't have to be a horror movie, but just Halloween-themed movie or Halloween-y movie. can be horror. Um, what I, what's the best Halloween movie in your all's opinion? Secondly, and this one's fun, any Halloween character, or not Halloween character, any horror movie character you can have a beer with, and, and with no threat of dying, we'll put it that, we'll put that out there. There's no threat of dying in this, which horror movie villain which you most want to have a beer with. Anyway, I'm having a wonderful fall. It's beautiful. Fall also makes me think of when I started listening to you guys, because it's been about a year now since I've found your podcast, and I enjoyed you guys on nice fall days last year, and it's just good times. It's just great times. Anyway, fatherhood is great. My residency is great, but man, I'm busy, and it doesn't leave time for creativity, but just know I'm enjoying every week. You guys are so awesome. Sorry for the long-ass voicemail. Get off my back. Stay arrogant. And happy.
Get out of my back, Roger. I love you. Happy fall. Happy fall. I, uh, you know, I think if Roger was my dentist, I'd actually go to the dentist. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I would just sit back, let him look at my teeth, and, and hear those uh, dulcet drawls. Yeah. Lull me into a hypnotic sleep. <laughs> um, I love you, Roger. Uh, hypnosis dentistry not intentionally <laughs> yeah not intentionally <laughs> his the the way he speaks is like a like the mississippi river just kind of floating on down right just flowing right over your ear balls yeah exactly mm-hmm. roger uh, needs a podcast roger does need a podcast dentist time yeah he should just interview his patients while they're on laughing gas <laughs> Or just during all procedures, yeah. Ask a question. Arr, arr, arr. Yeah, because everybody loves the sound of dental drills, especially right near your earbuds. Yeah. Um. So, Roger. Uh, first of all, fall. I think I was the one who poo pooed fall last year. Because it must have been because autumn is my favorite season of all. I mean, my top my... three seasons in order are autumn, summer. And spring. See, I don't know how you can no, not say winter. I cannot I hate spring. See, I like summer and then I like winter and then I like autumn. Spring's yeah. the worst. Especially spring for sucks. Especially for Seattle, because it's just we raining can all agree and on that. Yeah, it sucks. Um But one of the things about fall that's interesting is that all the women I don't know if this is the same thing in Port Townsend, but at least in Seattle, all the women <laughs> probably not. All the women dress up like Jedi. <laughs> Like it's just Jedi, straight Jedi fashion. It's like tall mean. boots, tight pants, flowing tops. It's Jedi. Maybe a belt over it. Jedi. Maybe a turtleneck. Jedi. Like, uh. like George Lucas, whoever did the costumes for Star Wars, was like way ahead of their time and in the wrong gender. Because it's 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 the time of year when women dress up like Jedi. That's true. You need to start a um, Instagram account yeah. or a Tumblr or whatever, and just take pictures of women dressed up as Jedi's and Photoshop lightsabers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be the guy just taking pictures of random ladies on the street. That's not going to be me. But that's is that is a great idea. Yeah, this but, is why we need Google Glass. We could just have celebrity Jedi. I'm sure there's plenty of pictures of Kim Kardashian wearing that outfit. <laughs> celebrity Jedi. <laughs> Uh, so Jesse, the questions are afoot. What is your favorite Halloween movie or, or movie to watch around Halloween? You know, I don't, I don't have a good answer. I don't watch any horror movies. I don't really watch a lot of horror movies myself, uh, but I love The Shining. Great scary movie. Oh yeah, that's good. So The Shining is good. Yeah, I'll just go with that one. But also if you're talking about Halloween movie, I mean, probably E.T. is probably the best Halloween movie. I've never actually seen E.T. Well, at the end they put a ghost costume on E.T. and that made me want to be a ghost when I was in sixth grade. Mm, there you go. So there you go. There you go. But this is one's a little easier. If you had to have a drink with a horror movie villain, who would it be? I would go with Jason Voorhees. You go with Jason? Yeah. Strong, silent type. Is it because he can't actually drink through the mask, so you'd get his beer? <laughs> that too. Yeah. So that's a perk. Also, I- we could just kind of sit at the bar watching football together. That's true. I, I, I would, like to talk to people. <laughs> I uh, I would definitely go with the Loch Ness Monster. Great that stories. Was that in a what from what oh, movie? Not Loch Ness Monster. From? Not Loch the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, okay. First of all, a guy Roommate can drink mate to Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. First of all, a guy can drink like a fish. That's true. Second of all, no talking. At least in an intelligible <laughs> language. 
Third of all, total chick magnet. Although I don't really need that anymore that I'm married. Yeah, still just nice. Yeah, good wingman. <laughs> He's always carrying women over to you. Yeah. <laughs> put, put, her, put her back. Put her back. Put her back. Dude, yeah, look at the rig, uh, Locke. I'm going to call you Locke because I like to get people's names just a little bit wrong just to put them in their place. Uh, anyway, thank you for calling, Roger. Did you get that from your management how-to book? I got it from Ron Swanson. That's who I got it from. There you go. Um, and then finally, quick, quick one from Dennis Kleinbeck in Germany. He says, Hey guys. Oh, I got to read this in German. As, as I heard the sad news about the late Tom Clancy. It doesn't sound anything like Dennis. I thought about, <laughs> I thought a lot about the man and the work he left behind. I realized that I spent so much time reading the books, watching the movies that are based on his ideas and playing Rainbow Six, Splinter Cell, Ghost Recon that are more or less based on his ideas. So what is your favorite work from the Tom Clancy multiverse? Have a great week and a great cast. Jesse, you have any Tom Clancy memories? I am almost completely ignorant of... I am too. I'm more of a Crichton guy. I'm more of a Crichton. Like, I can look to Jurassic Park. I can look to Outbreak. Like, uh, those those are more... I'm more of a Crichton guy than a Tom Clancy guy. This I is did, a great eulogy. It is. <laughs> I did buy Ghost Recon once because it was $20 as a platinum hit on Xbox. So there's that. I played, uh, yeah, that's why I played Splinter Cell, and the game yeah. was too hard, and I stopped playing. <laughs> uh, R.I.P. Tom. Okay, let's move on to our little tiny bat roll off. Uh, Jesse, <laughs> we're each going to roll a 20 sided die. So you get to talk first on the cast this week, and here we go. I rolled a five. I rolled a four. God <gasps> damn. Ooh, all right. Well, this week, I'm going to start off. With a segment, I was actually listening back to episode 30 of the Personal Arrogance podcast. Why are you doing that? Because uh, John O'Brien was like trying to find old episodes, and I was checking which ones worked and which ones didn't. Oh, okay. And so I was like going back to episode 30 and uh, listening through it. First of all, very relevant stuff on Miley Cyrus in that episode from two years ago. Oh, really? Yes. So go back and check out that gem. And then second of all... <laughs> um. Second of all, I, I I had a segment that I think at one point I was trying to make a recurring segment, but I don't think it had recurred until now. Is it Threads? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is a segment called Eric Pitches a Movie. Mm. So you might remember the first movie that I pitched on this podcast was Mega Bear versus Willzilla. Oh. Uh, in which a uh, eco-terrorist organization creates Willzilla, and he has to go up against a bear, giant bear spirit that has been conjured by a shaman. Uh, also, there are Sasquatch involved. You can also hear that pitch back on episode 30. But uh, there's this new movie coming out, um, and it's called Escape Plan. It's coming out in theaters very soon, starring two uh, guys that I know you like, Sly Stallone. Mm. And uh, and Mr. Arnie, oh, Arnie. Yeah. and Arnie Schwartz, um, Arnie Schwartz. Uh, I went to his bar mitzvah. It was great. Um, so this is a movie. It's basically two guys who are like sixty eight years old who are roided out, and they get stuck in a prison because it's their job to break out of prisons. And then they find out that they're put in the prison permanently, and it's an impossible prison to break out of, and then they break out of it. You can watch the trailer and see the entire movie in two and a half minutes. (laughs) Uh, But I think, you know, we have these tropes. We've talked about The Expendables before. 
So we need to get together and we need to create a movie based on classic action tropes. Are mm. you down for this? I think that you're the yeah, perfect totally. person to do this with. So first of all, we have our protagonist. And the protagonist in any of these action movies is a guy who has who has left the job, right? Yeah, yeah. All he wants is a simple life. All he wants he is left a that life. all behind, Dutch. <laughs> He left it all Back behind. Back in Geneva. Exactly. Af- after after what happened to Geneva. He's- you know I left that life behind, Dutch. <laughs> okay, so we got this. He was in Geneva, and he knows someone named Dutch. And he... Dutch is now... Dutch is like the head of some sort of secret military uh, government. Right, we'll get to like that. special forces. We'll get to that. And I think that we can also tie this into current events, but we'll get that. we'll get to that in just one second. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so it's gonna be like the the replacements, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think we have that. Uh, we'll get back to that one. That's perfect, though. Um, okay. okay, so he's Jackson Hole, Wyoming. He's in a cabin, uh-huh. and then a black uh, Lincoln town car drives up, and a guy in a suit gets out, and mm-hmm. our our hero comes out of the cabin, and <laughs> we need to figure out what. Uh, what government agency that he worked for. Now, we can either make up a government agency like the Omega Force in True Lies, The Last Resort, which is the best name for a government or secret government organization ever, or we can pick a more mainstream one, CIA, FBI. Personally, I'm going for the National Park Service. Okay, I like... (laughs) It's going to be... It's gonna be a challenge to make a good action movie out of this. Out Out of a guy from the National Park Service? Right. Well, the thing that you don't understand is that the National Park Service also runs secret government, large secret government sites, such as Area 51 mm. or uh, the Idaho National Defense Place in Idaho. Gotcha. Right? I so, like it. So they have like a secret branch that runs these organizations. Okay. So <clears throat> at one point... Um, I want this guy. It could be our protagonist. Yeah. I, I want to work in the line that where he introduces himself, or it could be Dutch. Yeah. Could dude just like names Dutch, mm-hmm. forest ranger, army <laughs> ranger. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So Dutch goes, "Hey guys, so we need to come up with a name for this guy. I like something like I don't know, Blaze Grandstand." Mm-hmm. Blaze Grandstand is good. Okay, Blaze, uh, guys, uh, this is so. First of all, he gets in there. What's the incentive here for him to cut, get back in the game? Because, um, well, what what has happened? Have have like terrorists okay. taken over the Idaho defense? Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of there's these secret military organizations that are used for military research. Mm-hmm. So there's all these secret military, you know, planes and stuff that are in these things, and so. One of these secret planes has been hijacked, mm. and uh, or how about one of this one of these places has been taken over by uh, you know some terrorist organization, and so they're holding all of this secret technology hostage. And uh, <laughs> I guess this is really running with current events. Um, anyway. Uh, so and and the only guy who the guy who guarded and oversaw this place was blaze grandstand so he's got to get back in the game mm-hmm. and the, he know, only he knows how to get back in only he knows how to get back in and the problem is that his daughter 
Yeah, I gotta work the daughter. So the summer. daughter was took over for him at the agency, worked her oh, way perfect. up independently, and now she is also held hostage inside this secret military installation. Perfect. And only Blaze Grandstand knows how to get in. But the thing is, she doesn't. She can't work like for the same organization. She has right. to work for some separate government or like oversight organization to make oh. sure that they keep up like ethical standards. This is actually perfect. She's just a she's a she's a representative. From the district. <laughs> yeah, she's a congresswoman. Right? She's a congresswoman. Yeah. Oh, man. Blaze Grandstand. So Blaze, Blaze is like 60, 65. Congresswoman Grandstand goes yeah. missing. <laughs> well, her last name is like Bettis at this point. <laughs> oh, okay. Because uh, she married Elaine Bettis's son. There you go. Yeah. We'll have a... <laughs> a cameo. <laughs> cameo appearance. Cameo options are left <laughs> open. Okay, so Blaze Grandstand has to get into the secret military organization, secret military installation, and so once, so he meets his crack team, uh, and and Dutch introduces them, and he says, "Hey guys, this is Ranger Blaze Grandstand," and all these guys are wearing Forest Ranger outfits, <laughs> and one of them walks up, shakes his head, he goes, "Forest Ranger," and he goes, "Army Ranger." There you go. There, we there go. you go. All right. <laughs> we so got we got our tagline now we need at least three big action sequences so we need an action sequence 20 minutes in an action sequence 40 minutes in an action sequence 65 minutes in that runs to our climax so this, this thing writes itself mm-hmm. so obviously secret military organiz- uh, hostage takers have taken over this place so our first uh i let's let's say the secret military installation is middle of the desert and they <laughs> Are they? The, you can only access it through these firework stands that are out in the middle of the desert. Mm-hmm. This allows for explosives, and so it's the breach. <laughs> <That's a comedy>. Yeah, <laughs> so it's the breach. So there's a huge action sequence there. Oh, since it's out in the middle of the desert, there should be like Lake Havasu. Maybe that should be the final scene. Is it Lake Havasu during spring break? This is perfect. Okay. So, so then our middle sequence will be down in the down in the. In the uh, in the hole in the installation, so oh that's what it will be. So second sequence will be down in the installation. They get in there. Uh, uh, Blaze gets in there, kills everybody except for the lead villain who gets out in a plane. And the lead villain was was Blaze's right hand man at the installation, mm. right? Um, no, it, it's uh, it's his son in law. Mm. And at some point, yeah. Blaze. Yeah. Uh, has to run out of ammo and construct some sort of makeshift firearm out of uh, the fireworks. Oh. <laughs> oh, like I love it. Blowing people up with mortars. I love it. Not yeah, I would love mortars. it. Okay, so him and Dutch get pinned inside a fireworks stand, and then they both <laughs> and then they both are shooting, 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 shooting. Click, 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 click. And, they, and then uh, they they look at each other. Their then their guns are spent, and Dutch looks at Blaze and goes, "Looks like we're out of ammo." And then, and then plays goes. Looks like we got plenty of ammo. Looks around him, grabs a rocket, and then that's, that's great. That's kind of a lame line. How about? Yeah. I always wanted to go out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> and he's got to be. Smoking and then he gets a morning glory. Yeah, I love. <laughs> Lights it up like a grenade. <laughs> yeah, he's got a. He has a. He has a cigar this whole time, so he's lighting all this stuff with cigars. Oh, yeah. oh this is perfect. Got a light. You know I do. <laughs> this what? is so good. There's got to be something that goes wrong, though, when you start losing the Forest Rangers. 
Oh, yeah. All the forest rangers die. <laughs> but Dutch also has to die, right? Dutch dies at the very, right before the final He chase. dies with a question mark, though. Yeah, totally. He, Agent Coulson, dies. Mm-hmm. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dutch could be a double agent at the end. Or do you want him to be good the whole time? Uh, either way. Because really, so our, our bad guy, let's mm-hmm. call him uh, Dick Dixon, because he's a total dick. It's Dick Bennis. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, that's right, Dick Bennis. Uh, he uh, finally gets gets uh, blazed down into the military installation, and then he says, Hey, Dutch, thanks for bringing him to me. And then you yeah, realize exactly. that Dutch is a double agent. And then... Uh, he ends up killing Dutch because he's like, I don't need your, I don't need your services anymore. <laughs> Kills yeah. Dutch, jumps in one of the experimental aircraft. It takes out out of the installation after after there's been a long battle to get down into this place. It's like the raid, like it's basically just a multi tiered battle to get down into the heart of this mil- of this secret military installation, and all of the Rangers die in very weird and graphic ways as they get down to the bottom. And then... <laughs> Should all be forest-related deaths? Like, yeah. Forest service-related deaths? Yeah. Like, one of them steps in a bear trap. Right. That like, killed him. <laughs> bear trap. Yikes. There's got to be a fire, too, because then somebody uh-huh. could say, uh, you know, sets him on fire, sets him, sets him ablaze, and then the bad guy says, only you can prevent forest fires. Uh-huh. Right. So then it all or, gets, or he heroically dies putting out the fire and says, only I can put out forest fires. Yeah, and then boom, and then shot right through the heart. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, he goes, only I can prevent forest fires. Boom, shot through the heart, and then the bad guy goes, only I can prevent forest rangers. Oh, that's pretty good. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, there also needs to be a large Scandinavian or Swiss uh, right-hand man to the bad guy. The Dolph Lundgren type. Exactly. Maybe maybe Belgian. Um, okay, so then they get in their experimental air... He, the guy, bad guy gets in the experimental aircraft, takes off with Blaze's daughter as the co-pilot, mm-hmm. and then Blaze has to get in his experimental aircraft, and then there's a, there's a large dogfight, Top Gun style. Oh, my. Right? Over Lake Havasu during spring break. Mm-hmm. So, and everyone uh, thinks it's like the Canadians, Blue Angels. Exactly. Oh, like, no, that's perfect. Everyone's just cheering it on. Oh, maybe it's not over. Maybe it's over like Las Vegas. And yeah, and the Blue Angels are scheduled to perform. And then the Blue Angels get in the dogfight. <laughs> They're like, finally, we get to see some action. We're not just a bunch of monkeys performing for these people. <laughs> or, or so what happens is it's like. Cut to the cut to the airfield, like where the air show is going to happen, mm-hmm. and then over the intercom, you know, it's all calm, and the, there's right. like people, yeah, uh, <clears throat> geared up to watch. And over oh, the intercom, perfect. they're like, "Due to government cutbacks, uh, today's demonstration oh. of aerial acrobatics <laughs> by the Blue Angels has been canceled." And then the top one, like, talks, gets a call, and is like, "What?" And they're heading this way. <laughs> And they all, and then, like, he gives them all a knowing glance, and they run to their cockpits and take <laughs> off, and everyone cheers, because they're like, the Blue Angels are doing it anyway, screw whatever they <laughs> And then there's this crazy air show, and that's perfect, because after the final scene, after the guy's experimental aircraft fighter get, gets blown up, um, then everybody starts cheering, because yeah, they just think just it's cheering. part of the air show. And the the experimental aircraft, like, had a cache of fireworks in its... Uh, <laughs> In his Bombay, for some yeah. reason, so it just goes up with a giant fireworks explosion. 
I just love the idea too of like this whole movie Although should just be just killed his daughter in this scenario. Well, that's the thing. You got to get her out of the thing. That's the challenge, yeah, she, right? She parachutes out at some point. Well, I love the idea of uh, you know, running out of ammo. So basically the plane runs out of ammo and then he realizes that the only way that he could do anything now is through the ejector seat. So he ejects out of the plane like at just the right angle. Uh-huh. To get to get onto the other plane, and he's holding onto the plane with nothing but a firework in his teeth, and then he's uh-huh. climbing forward with unparalleled strength. And then he, uh, you know, gets out. He uh, shoots a firework into the thing, kills the pilot, and then all of a sudden the plane's going down, and he has to jump in and get his daughter out and or ejected, and then they eject out of the plane right before he hits the ground, and explodes. Wow. Well, okay, so we've got the plot here. Now all we need is a title and uh, we need to an actor as the lead. Mm-hmm. So I love Blaze of Glory since his name is Blaze Grandstand. Yeah, Blaze and of Glory. Technically, definitely. he goes out in a Blaze of Glory. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> a lot of fireworks. <laughs> he should be, like, the town that it opens up on should be, like, Glory, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So glory, glory hole, up. glory hole, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jackson Hole, but it's glory hole. Blaze of glory. Yeah, blaze of glory. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> so who is our blaze of glory? Because Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger are taken out. We need somebody who's like 65 years old. Like Bruce <laughs> Willis would be good, but he's kind of a jerk, right? See, I wanted to say Benjamin Cumberbatch. <laughs> so see, Benjamin Cumberbatch is the perfect... Uh, what I can't remember his first name is, but Bettis. Dick. Yeah, Dick Bettis. He's a perfect Dick Bettis. Okay. I want him with an American accent, though. Same menacing low voice, but with an American accent. Can our hero be Jeff Foxworthy? I love it. I love it. The role he was born to play. The role he was born to play, Blaze of Glory. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, while he's doing is that cooking show, that baking show on CBS... Is he? Yeah, he's hosting a baking show on CBS. He's got nothing going on. <laughs> I love it. And then Dutch should be played by um by uh, the cable guy. <laughs> I was thinking Chuck Norris as Dutch. Chuck Norris. Well, I mean, who could even tell the difference? Right. <laughs> Dude, actually I think that the roles should be reversed. I think Chuck Norris as as Blaze and Jeff Foxworthy as Dutch. Yeah, that's that's really good. Right? I'd that's see that really movie, good. dude. I would see yeah. Blaze of Glory. <laughs> All right. Well, we got another one of the books. Uh, so, Blaze of Glory. Once again, uh, I, I did this challenge at the last one. I'm sure somebody's re- uh, reading or listening to this. So, and I'm sure somebody has written it down. Just go ahead and email that to us, personalarguments at gmail.com. And uh, we'll go ahead and send that out to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. See what we can get. So I love this segment. I want to do this more. Eric picks. Yeah, I Eric think, it, I think a movie. it's funny. All right, Jesse, what's your first topic? Well, I want to talk about beer. 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 So speaking of the government shutdown, right? Uh. What one of the ramifications that is happening is that there will be no new beer on the shelves 
from uh, craft brewers while the government shutdown occurs. Are you serious? I'm super serious. Oh, no, new beer. So right, no new beer. beers that are already out. Oh, no. Right. Because oh, no. Winter, is the, winter the seasonals. Part of the TTB is shut down, and the TTB is in charge of what's called COLA approvals, which is uh, okay. certification of label approval, which is basically you submit the label that you want to put on the beer bottle mm-hmm. or case. Then you send it to them, and they say, yep, stamp, 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 everything's good. Then they send you back a certificate that says you can use that label, and then you can uh, sell it oh, under no. that label. So uh, during the shutdown, no new labels can be approved, which means no new styles can be sold, basically. But you got to assume that all the winter seasonals have been already approved, right? Uh, Well, what I'm hearing is if you didn't get your COLA approval like submitted by mid-August, that it's not going to happen. Oh my lord! So apparently, these said people. Hopefully, have... you would have gotten your winter ducks in a row already, but yeah. it could affect spring seasonals for sure. Oh, that's fine. Spring's the worst seasonal. It's the worst season. It is. It's worse. It's worse everything. We hate spring. All I'm saying is that these people obviously have no idea what non-essential services means. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> totally. But uh, beyond that, it's not just uh, label approval. Um, TTB is also in charge of, um, permitting tasting rooms and, uh, allowing new breweries to, uh, you know, be a brewery, be a brewery. (laughs) So if you were, uh, if you were, you know, nine tenths of the way of getting your brewery up and running at this point, and there's hundreds of breweries across the nation, uh, in different stages of planning, then right now, basically, you're not going to get your approval to start uh, producing, and you're going to have to continue basically spending rent and other expenses. That is horrible. Yeah, it sucks. I hate this whole thing. Yeah, the government sounds really mad. No, who else is mad? Who? Is uh, Tom McGee, owner of Lagunitas, who tweeted out, um, expletive. Feds are going to shut down the already incompetent Gov, while hundreds of small breweries, including us, have labels pending. Well, uh, this nice. this does come from the brewery that screwed up a seasonal once and made we suck. <laughs> this yeah. repackaged Lagunitas. Not saying, I mean, Lagunitas was recently voted best brewery in America, and I love Lagunitas beer. Uh, and by the way, you can say expletives on this show. Yeah, I know. I just, from the, the article that I had deleted oh. the expletives, so I don't know what he had said. <laughs> I'm going to go with boners. Boners. And then he continued and said, want to regulate, perform, or get out of the way. That's what I'm saying. That is, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, this, I mean, this whole thing is fucking a joke. It is a joke. It's crazy. I mean, we try not to get too political, but I think everyone's equally mad about what's going on. Well, it's equally mad, and it's like equally like, you know, you as a historian, Jesse, as a scholar of history... Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's like there's a way to get laws passed in this country, and it's been that way for a long time, and there's a way to figure out whether laws are constitutional or not. It's been there for a long time, and uh, and if, if you want to either enact or repeal a law, you follow those rules. It's basically that. Yeah. Anyway, like I said, we don't yeah, want to get, too, it, we don't get too political on the show. We are a nerd culture show. It's We're hard to a take a moral show. high ground when... There was a body, an elected body of Congress that approved 
Yes. The bill, and then it was uh, signed into law by a man who was elected by the American people and then <laughs> upheld in the highest court of the land. It literally and, passed through all three branches of government. And which, then you're still saying no? And I'm saying it's not, and that's fine. That's fine, too. Like, you can disagree with that law. But if you want to get it's to the same channels to exactly, try if you want to get repealed, there is a definite place to do that. There's a way to do that. There are rules in place to do that. And you know, if you really hate that law, you can probably wait it out. I would, <laughs> I would assume that at some point there will be an all Republican, uh, you know, Congress and and presidency. Yeah. Right. And if it's really fucking up the country that much, you'll have the chance then. Right. Like, it's, I'm just saying, like, this sets such a dangerous precedent that, like, there's a way that laws are made in this country, and we can't stop just just throw all that shit out the window. Just throw 236 years of making laws out the window and just do it whatever the way we fucking want. I'm just saying, no government, then uh, no taxes. This is literally (laughs) like what the American Revolution started over. You're going to still charge us taxes, but we don't get anything out of it. It's kind of ironic that the Tea Party is kind of like forced the same scenario that the original tea party was fighting against. <laughs> There's just so much shit baggery that's happening right now. Yeah, it's total shit baggery. But uh, um, anyway, yeah, now, they're, now they're screwing with beer. Yeah. And that's when, if you want to get us fucking mad, <laughs> fuck with our beer. I feel bad for the people who are like just waiting for the TTV approval to start, you know, brewing beer. And it's like, Oh, well now we're going to have to wait and spend thousands of dollars. Yeah, holding up our operation. Oh, yeah, God. And, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's also great that uh, the same people who are shutting down the government are doing so on the premise that certain things are bit, bit killers to small business. Yes. Like, All right. So <laughs> now you're killing small businesses. <laughs> Shit, baggery, dude. Performer, get out of the way. I just love that if we're going to talk about politics on this show, it's gonna be about beer politics. Guys. Yeah, this is this isn't about politics. This is just about beer. Well, the fact of the matter, I mean, and really, Jesse, I mean, why would you need a regulatory body to figure out whether or not your label is, you know, misleading or catering to children if you're selling a beverage that intoxicates people and is one of the major killers of people in this country? I have seen the four loco cans, and those are not <laughs> catering to adults. That, <laughs> that, that is, is a to- fact. That's totally true. <laughs> It's just that you don't put boobs on it. <laughs> Is that it? I, I'm pretty sure that's the whole process. They look at the label and like, yeah, no boobs. No boobs. <laughs> oh man. But you can still sell beer. Like you can still sell beer in kegs. Is the thing. Like you can still sell draft. So if okay. you're looking for um, a little variety and you notice that the yeah. local beer store hasn't really gotten any interesting new. Bottles, try going to the beer bar and getting it on draft. <laughs> try going to your new tasting room. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, damn it. Ah, damn it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe this will be a huge draft beer revolution. Oh, I just came up with a great a great uh, government lockdown beer name. Mm-hmm. It'll be a, a Pilsner and okay. can be named after uh, the congressperson Boner, Boner Pills. <laughs> just make sure your label is not explicit. Actually, <laughs> fuck it. There's nobody checking. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Uh, boner pills lockdown lager. Yeah. <laughs> shut down. <laughs> shut down Shandy. Boner pills shut down Shandy is the greatest <laughs> name ever. 
No, it should really be a session ale because you have, you know, sessions of, of yeah, Congress. Bo- yeah, boner pill sessions out. <laughs> this is this is the name for our imperial session. This is like the perfect this is the perfect road for an imperial session. It's a seven point five percent session ale. <laughs> that depends on what your definition of session is. Right, guys. it does. You know, you we can all have, we can all have different interpretations of what session means. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the slogan. Boner pills, imperial session ale. We can no boner pills sessions out. Imperial session ale. We can all have different opinions on what session means. Yeah, it's a great label. Don't let. Yeah, I think Lagunitas might actually already have one. <laughs> it's right up there, Allie. Yeah, really. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Well, fuck that's this what's noise. happening in Washington to your beer. Fuck this noise. Um, anything else on the beer political front? No, that's it. All right. Well, that means it's time for some trivia. So we're gonna do some uh, genus one trivial pursuit. I'm gonna roll a six sided die to see which category we do. Oh, it's one baby. It's geography. Probably All my right. favorite category. All right. Especially when there's a bonus geography tiebreaker. <laughs> Jesse, this question is for you. Which is the only one of the seven wonders of the ancient world still standing? That's an easy one. It is. The Great Pyramid of Giza. Yep. I'm going to go with the Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, it says here the Grand Canyon fell into the Arizona desert about uh, 68 million oh, years it ago. It collapsed. Yeah. Uh, it great, used to be a great wall. Actually, the real answer, <laughs> real answer, great, myriad, great pyramid of Khufu. Uh oh. All right, I'm gonna give Out it to you. Out on a technicality. I'm gonna give it to you. All right, uh, this one's for no, me. No, 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 I this don't, is... I don't need it. <laughs> You're very confident. I want to rally. You sound like a Seahawk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the capital of South Dakota? This one's for me. All right. So you got Pierre. Go through all of them, and you get. I can't remember if Pierre's in North Dakota or oh, Sioux Falls. I think it's Sioux Falls. I'm gonna go Sioux Falls. I'll just, uh, I'll just say Bismarck to hedge bets. Ah, oh, damn it, it's Pierre. Fuck, I had it on my mouth. I had it inside my mouth, and then I just let it go away. Mm. Boner pills, sessions out of Pierre <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's is it a Pilsner? Is it a session? Is it Imperial? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Jesse, this one's for you. What famed strip of land is a 15-minute boat trip across the Venetian Lagoon from Venice? Famous strip of land? Yep. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say the Appian Way. I'm going to go with that they knew when they created this question in 1981 that there would be a Venetian hotel in Las Vegas. (laughs) And the famed strip of land is a 15-minute boat ride across the moat of the Venetian to the Las Vegas Strip. There you go. It's the Lido. Oh, I don't know what that is. It's uh, how you would say leader if you had a speech impediment. The Lido. Okay. Finally. Uh, that's, that's some good stuff. It's really good. This, uh, By the way, this 8.8% pumpkin ale is really good. Okay, and if... <laughs> Uh, Jesse, uh, this question is for me. What state can you walk from Nevada across the Hoover Dam? What state can you walk from Nevada across the Hoover Dam? I'm going to say Arizona. Uh, I'll just say uh, Utah. Arizona. I got it. Eric got it. 
There you go. All right. So you got the pyramids. I'm going to give you the pyramids. We'll do a geography tiebreaker. So, Jesse, you get the answer first. What Polynesian people, this is too easy for you, what Polynesian people inhabit New Zealand? Oh, yeah. Let's do another one. Okay. There's not really geographically closest to that one. That's true. That's true. It's the Maori, though, by the way, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that one's not really good either. Okay. What European city is known as the Bride of the Sea? The Bride of the Sea, a mm -hmm. European city, mm -hmm. is the Bride of the Sea. Um, I'm going to say, let's say Venice. All right. I'm going to go with Copenhagen. Mm. You got it, buddy. Venice. <laughs> All right. Way to go. Right it's on the a, money. It's just a, a short 15-minute boat right away from the Lido. <laughs> from Lido, man. Beautiful Lido. Beautiful Lido. Spend five days, seven nights at the Lido Holiday Inn. Five days, seven nights. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you won that, but I won the roll-off this week. So actually, mister, I have a uh, topic about a beer. So this is a very interesting uh, article that I read on NPR this week about a single beer fetching $2,000. Nice. Have you heard about this beer? No, I have not. It's interesting because it's from Portland, Oregon. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. So there is a beer from... Have, you've had Hair of the Dog beer before, right? Yeah. I like Hair of the Dog, um, especially... What is it called? It's something Claws. Their winter seasonal is really, really good. Um, but it's spelled Clossier W S. Uh, anyway, they had a, uh, expensive beer, 12 bottles that they had each price at $2,000. It sold out in mere hours. Uh, this is from, uh, draftmag.com. Uh, what beer could possibly fetch such a price tag? Hair of the Dogs, a near 30% ABV version of the brewery's Atom, which was created by freezing and concentrating the original beer multiple times. Proceeds from the beer went to Guide Dogs for the Blind, the largest guide dog school in the country. So basically, Hair of the Dog made this beer, and they made this beer back in 1994. So it's a super-aged beer, sitting at 30%. And I was hoping you could maybe shed some light on this. They said that they froze it and unfroze it multiple times to increase the alcohol content. Mm -hmm. How does that work? Yeah, well, this is actually an old uh, German system of making beer. Uh, mm -hmm. Like winter box are usually done this way. So water has a lower freezing point than alcohol. Okay. So if, uh, if beer freezes and you take out, it won't freeze like completely. So uh -huh. imagine it's like partially frozen. Okay. And you take out whatever the frozen matter is. That's all water. But oh. the alcohol has been pushed out of that uh, you know, clump and redispersed within the rest of the beer. So you've basically just distilled it by freezing it. Okay. And then you just keep doing that over and over and over? Yeah, and so you can do that a number of times and get to a certain ABV that you like. Interesting. So how do you feel about these beers also that are like 30%? Because they're not really beers at that point. They're basically alcohols, 
right? Or yeah, liqueurs. that's almost like a schnapps or something. But yeah, I've I've never had one, so I I can't really judge. Because there's a famous Excalibur, which is from Sam Adams Brewery, but this one is from Hair of the Dog. No, I'm probably never going to taste this beer because it is two thousand dollars a bottle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but basically, Dave is. So it's called Dave, and it is a version of a barley wine that was brewed in 1994 called Adam. And it's uh, they basically just aged it, and then they froze it a bunch of times, and then aged it, and now it's uh, the most expensive beer in the world. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested. So you've never tried a beer that was like super high alcohol content, like we're talking like 25 to 30%? Uh, no. No, I, I think I may have had one that was like upwards of like some Lithuanian beer come mm-hmm. before and after that was like 20%, but it was disgusting. Oh, yeah. And it had that cool label, but you said it was really gross. Yeah. It yeah. had like one of those pictures where when you flip it upside down, it becomes a different picture. So it was like a it was like a gross looking old hag. And then mm-hmm. you flipped it upside down, turned into like a nice looking lady. Right. Because it's like, yeah, you get so drunk that a girl's hag looks like a nice maiden. I am Lithuanian. This is uh, my uh, Lithuanian accent. Actually, Jesse, that's probably the best accent I've ever heard you do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I'm what not Lithu- an accent guy. I don't know what Lithuanian sound like, but that sounded Lithuanian to me. I can do a good uh, uh, New Zealander. I want some uh, fish, fish and chips. Uh, uh, uh. F- fush and chips. Have you have you heard Lord uh, Fush? I think we literally just got six hundred more Australian listeners. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, so they brewed a hundred a hundred gallons in nineteen ninety four, and they're basically just letting this stuff out very slowly. Um, but apparently, so the two thousand dollar mark. This is kind of one of the most expensive beers ever sold. This is like two thousand dollars for I think. Right, what? but this doesn't count. Why? Because it's it's two thousand dollars, but it's all going to charity. Well, that's true, but you're still paying so, two thousand I mean, dollars for yeah, it. Yeah, but the people they wouldn't be buying it for two thousand dollars if the money was just going to the brewery. I don't know. There's a lot of beer nuts out there. No, they're doing it because it's because it's for charity. It says it says there was an hour long line that was lined up to buy the beer, or a few hours long to li- lined up to buy the beer the day that it went on sale. Okay, well, you have two options here. Okay. Either you are buying this beer because you want to donate $2,000 to a good cause, mm-hmm. or uh, you're willing to spend $2,000 on a single beer, and you're an idiot. Well, actually, No beer on earth is worth $2,000. <laughs> actually, Jesse, you might be even more of an idiot, because uh, apparently, now I'm on NPR, uh, there was an NPR article on this today. It says, the technique combined with Dave's age and limited quantity of 100 gallons produced back in 1994 has upped the hype around it. Two bottles were sold at auction in 2012 for $4,525, according to Beer Pulse. So yeah. that's not going to any charity. That's just going to a dude. That's, yeah, that's, uh, no, there's no beer is worth that. And if you're the type of person that's going to spend that kind of money to drink a beer, you're only doing it because you want to be like, I had a Dave. Right. That's I'm the guy who drank that beer. <laughs> well, and you could literally drink a bottle over like multiple, multiple sittings because it is sitting so high. I can't imagine this has a lot of carbonation in it anymore either. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's the, not going to keep well. It's stupid. Well, it's I mean, the interesting stupid. thing about this, I mean, the guy sold two bottles for 4525 which means he made $525 profit. 
And the only reason why he made $525 profit is because he bought this stuff in Oregon, which has no sales tax. Oh, if, right. I thought you meant this was like he had some bottles from no, like an earlier batch. No, apparently two bottles sold for four. So two bottles for four, five twenty-five. So he made $525 on that yeah. sale. Yeah, uh, except the auction house takes 10%. Yikes. So, well, that's only $45. No, that's $450. (laughs) So he made... (laughs) He made like $75. Yeah, he made like 75 bucks. Wow. Good job. Great job on that one, buddy. (laughs) Uh, So uh, apparently there's some more beers that are expensive. It says beers pushing the $2,000 mark. uh, A beer pushing the $2,000 mark is certainly unusual, but there are other breweries testing the market for extraordinary price beers. Scottish brewery Brewdog's End of History, which had 55% alcohol by volume and was sold in bottles stuffed into the carcasses of taxidermied critters, sold for $765 a bottle. And nail brewing in Perth, that's Australia. That's not 55% alcohol. Yeah, that's not beer. That's 110 proof. Mm, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Basically, like, Everclear. Yeah, not, whiskey is like 90 proof or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then nail brewing in Perth, Australia made a beer using water from Antarctic icebergs and auctioned it off for $1,850. Yeah, well, that's silly. Yeah, I mean it's mostly beer geek beer, right? I mean you have to be just an uber beer geek with deep pockets. And this no, is this is this is beyond geek territory. This is full snob. <laughs> full stop. The question here is if these are passing off as beers and they're you know anywhere from thirty to fifty five percent alcohol, uh, is there a big market? I, I, you would you would be the guy with the ear to the ground on the beer industry here. Is there a big market for like really super high alcohol content beers? Um, yeah, it's yeah. called Homeless People. Oh, no. It's like, it's like the high gravity stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, which I actually really, I love high gravity. I've never drank it. Uh-huh. You know, you know the beer I'm talking about, like the silver cans, right? With the big I, thought, eight- I thought that was Steel Reserve. Well, there's also one called High Gravity. Okay, I only know Steel Reserve because let's just say I had an encounter with that during my fraternity initiation. Yeah, you were Edward Steel Reserve hands. Yeah, you? I was. Two so, tall boys. Of that. Um, the thing about High Gravity is it's actually a great uh, beer industry pun. Why? Because specific gravity is the way that you uh, <laughs> measure uh, sugars, which are potential alcohol. So a beer with High Gravity. Yep. will result in more alcohol. But it's just called, like, high gravity, and it's sold to j- drunks who well. don't understand the subtle goofery involved in that name. <laughs> you don't you See, Jesse, your, your beer stop is coming out a little bit about this. <laughs> you're such a drunk, you don't even understand the, the stupid joke that's associated with the title of the beer that you're drinking I'm not, for the high I'm alcohol content. I'm not a content. beer snob. I'm a pun snob. <laughs> there you go. It's really horrible beer, I'm sure. Well, but, then you're going to... Beer that's like anything above like ten, like fifteen percent for the most part is like steel reserve and stuff, just yeah. for people to get drunk off. Yeah, that's true. Unless it costs two thousand dollars, and it's for rich people to get drunk off. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So, and speaking of terminal gravity, I'm actually we have to have no home or too many homes. <laughs> oh no! Wow. <laughs> if you have just one home, is don't you don't go either. Don't way. worry about it. Um, okay, so I'm drinking the uh, the Terminal Gravity. Uh, have you heard of the the brewery Tr- Terminal Gravity Terminal Gravity yeah. Brewery? They're out of Oregon. Enterprise, Oregon. 
And uh, I'm trying their Weed Whacker right now as my follow-up because this Imperial Pumpkin Ale is, uh, well, I, I just finished a 22 of it. And it's, what, 8.5%? It's a big guy. So I'm following it up with a 4.7% Weed Whacker. And I actually like this Weed Whacker. I like your deal with with Session Ales. I, I'm a big fan of the Session. 4.7 is a nice ABV. Totally. I had That's what I uh, I decided to go for during the Seahawks game this week. I just got a case of Session. Because mm, yeah, of, from full sale. Because like, yeah, why session's not? like five point three or something. I don't. Session itself is actually a little bit out of the range of session ale. It is, but it comes in eleven ounce bottles. Yeah, exactly. So it makes up for it in volume. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The only the only beer that I got that was so low alcohol that I could that I drank way too many of them and didn't still did not get a buzz was Michelob Ultra. <laughs> Have you ever tried the Michelob Ultra? I don't know if I've had anything from the Michelob family. It is so light that literally I would give it to a four-year-old. And oh. don't quote me on that because I would not give it to a four-year-old because that's illegal. Yeah. But it is really, really light beer. And like I, I think I drank eight of them one night <laughs> and did not get a semblance of buzz off of any of it. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's Are you sure it's, it's not actually near beer? No, it's not near beer. It's got alcohol content, but I think it's like 3.8% or something. It's it's like crazy oh, small. It is ultra. Yeah, basically it's just bread water. Is it top shelf quality like Bud Light Platinum? <laughs> you got it. That's that's one of my biggest pet peeves in marketing is specifically top shelf quality beer. Because we all know we put the great beer on the top shelf. No, you put the great beer in 22s. Really, that's what Budweiser should do is like make a bunch of like fancy 22 bottles. They right? have some like 32 well, ounce bottles. See, that's my, that's my most hated thing in marketing is when I buy a beer and then I realize it's made by Budweiser. Oh, yeah, like Shock Top or yeah. Red's Apple Ale or one of those. They're like Blue Moon is Blue Moon is made by Budweiser, but it's made by one of the big Scores, guys. I think. Yeah. It's a bummer, man. All right. Do you know there's a Red's Apple Red's Apple Ale strawberry flavor? Yeah, it was actually funny because I was watching TV with Lydia, and <laughs> there's like a commercial where you know the Red's Apple Ale they like get pummeled with apples, like that's their thing in the commercials. But there's a commercial where like the, there's these two guys staring at the beer aisle, and then one of the guy goes, "Hey, let's get one of the Red's Apple Ale strawberries," and then like all these apples and strawberries start falling from the ceiling, and then. You know, it happens for like a couple seconds, and then the, the thing comes up at the end. It says, Red's Apple Ale Strawberry. Try it, or whatever. <laughs> and Lydia turns to me and goes, I thought that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were actually going to buy a real beer. <laughs> Have you- <laughs> and I was like, I love you. You're my wife. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Have you seen the commercial for Heaven Sent Fried Chicken? No. I thought that was a joke the first time I saw it. You're going to have to look that up. All right, I'll YouTube it. Yeah. All right, Jesse, what's your Seco Topo? Okay, so for my second topic, I want to talk about some science. Mm-hmm. If today we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs, is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Great Scott. Great Scott. Great Scott. The guy in that introduction kind of sounds like JR from Philly. 
<laughs> you know, it's like the weird alien guy that always pops up on Reddit. Like the guy with the weird haircut, he was like in a bunch of History Channel shows. Oh, really? Yeah, that's him. Wait, was he being serious? Yes, he was absolutely serious. That's what makes <laughs> it so good. A, I thought that was from like a cheesy like sci-fi movie. Well, he's being serious in the way that certain pundits are being serious about this yeah. shutdown. That's, Talking uh, points from weird nerdy science guys. There you go. Yeah. So, um, speaking of space, uh-huh. uh huh. A massive planet six times the size of Jupiter has been uh, spotted, identified, and it turns out that it's a planet with no sun. That's no planet. (laughs) Well, that's a good point. It could be a dust star. Star Wars. I didn't even think about that. But, um, so they've they've found um, planet floating around with no suns before, uh-huh. but they never know if they were actual, like, true planets. Right. Or if that uh, they were collapsed brown dwarfs. So they're just, like, racist. gross stars. Yeah, they didn't quite make it. Just turned around. into, like, giant uh, gas plants. But they found out that this one was, in fact, not a brown dwarf. Mm. Because it's redder than the reddest known brown dwarf. Okay. And um, I guess it's it's so red that it can't be a brown dwarf. <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is like Lord of the Rings or D and D things going on right now. <laughs> therefore, it is a wandering planet with no sun. I just imagine like a like a fight between two D and D factions, and one of them is capitalist, and one of them is communist, and. Uh, one of the and the and the capitalists represented by instead of by red, white, and blue by brown, and then the other one is the red, the red dwarves. Yeah, the red dwarves and the brown dwarves. Well, brown dwarves are actually red, apparently. <laughs> what? But this planet is redder than the reddest brown dwarf. <laughs> okay. Therefore, it's not a brown dwarf, mm-hmm. but a planet that's just wandering around space all by its lonesome. It's definitely a Death Star. It's probably a Death Star. Yeah. So, um. It's literally a star, right? Or I guess it's not a star. Anyway. No, it's a planet. Carry on. Carry on. Pay attention. You're too drunk. You've been drinking your uh, steel reserves. The pumpkin has has me in his uh, kingdom. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess um, some astronomers insist (laughs) that uh, the definition of a planet should only... um, Apply to objects that form around stars. All right. I am so fucking over scientists trying to figure out what a planet is. After the whole Pluto di- Pluto fiasco, like there was a guy named Galileo. He figured out what planets were and he didn't even have a, a Hubble. So why don't you just deal with that shit and just straight up Galileo this stuff? There was also a guy named Hubble. There was a guy named Hubble. And, and he, he didn't have a Hubble. And he, and Hubble wasn't moving for for Pluto to not be a planet. Yeah. Because right? Pluto wasn't discovered until the 50s. So if this thing isn't a planet, what are they calling it? Well, they prefer to call the class of objects that uh, this one, PSOJ318.5-22, is. Oh, wait, as, this is 5-22? Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, 5-22. The, the, the very same. Yeah. They prefer uh, to define them as planetary mass. Planetary mass, that's uh, planetary dash mass. <laughs> okay. So, so it's one <laughs> word. Planetary. planetary mass objects, or planimos for short. Okay, that's actually way cooler than planet. <laughs> it's like you're into it. Yeah, I like planimo. So this is a planimo. I think I think we just found the name for our villain for our action movie. Ooh, planimo, planimo. Bettis. 
Planamo Bettis. Planamo. I should have known. So, what what do you think life could be like if there was like a civilization on a Planamo? Oh, geez. So this For one, is there's no light, so it'd all be like a bunch of naked mole rat peoples. Yeah, but you do realize this is all. I mean, this is just your starship Earth fear theory, right? That, that uh, yeah, Aaron brought up like twenty five times. <laughs> that Aaron can't shut up about. What if we are the generation ship? Oh no. What if, Eric, what if we are the Planamo? <laughs> we are the Planamo, dude. Never oh forget God. the Planamo. Remember the Planamo. Remember the... <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you would think that it would all be subterranean life, right? Mm, yeah, right, because there's, there's no heat. Right, I mean, basically, the, the, the whole exterior is just your... Um, just your you know, shield to the elements of space. And then internally you would be living off of the gases and heat produced by your core. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like a, it's like hollow earth theory, but for real, for reals, dude, there could be a real hollow earth planet float, planamo, sorry, floating yeah. around. Well, I mean, the not whole a, underground uh, society and not necessarily even a hollow earth. I mean, you could still live like in the crust, but you would be near the bottom of the crust near the magma. See, so. I like um, I like a hollow planet for this scenario. Okay, fine. Where it's like a Kinder Surprise, and once you get <laughs> inside, there's a whole civilization. And it's also illegal in the United States. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Just like my new beer, Planamo, which doesn't have cola approval yet. <laughs> Planamo so, Pale Ale. Remember the Planamo. <laughs> So many great beer names coming out of this, uh, yeah. out of this government shutdown. Um, <laughs> dude, Hollow Earth theory also is bonkers. <laughs> it's the most. It's the bonkers, most bonkers thing that's ever existed. Yeah, like honestly, okay, I'm gonna list things that are less bonkers than uh, than Hollow Earth theory. UFOs, less bonkers. Yeah. Loch Ness monster. Yeah. Um. Government uh, House Republicans. <laughs> like it's JFK said, the, the magic bullet theory. Magic bullet theory. <laughs> Actually, magic bullet theory is very plausible, sir. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like Hollow Earth theory is the most bonkers of all theories. Yeah. The pop the uh the skeptoid episode on it is pretty good. <laughs> is that a podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a seven minute podcast or something that just quickly debunks like some sort of pseudoscience. Well, it's just like first of all, there's a huge industry amount around mining <laughs> and also oil production. We have never drilled into the earth. We've Eric. never done it. Not one. Never fracked a thing. Plus, no. I saw that movie that came out at the same time as Armageddon. You know, this could be a whole uh, you know creationist plot. That there's a hollow earth filled with dinosaurs. That's that where the was, fossils come from. That was created by the devil. And then, <laughs> and then the dinosaurs rise to the surface. And therefore, fossils. Yeah, it's like when we die, we get buried. Well, mm -hmm. the dinosaur land on the inside of the earth, they bury their people too. And then we dig them up as, uh, as, as fossils. Exactly. And they're also made out of a, a different kind of carbon that has a different half-life than we're used to. And that therefore, carbon dating is totally out of the picture. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't really like any kind of dating before marriage. <laughs> so. 
I think that that's probably a great way to abstain from sex for your entire life if you don't believe in dating before marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just jump right into it. Just go for it, man. I I do like in this hollow dinosaur hollow earth theory that there could be like a whole museum of human skeletons. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. On display. Look at these prehistoric skeletons. <laughs> And a bunch of, like, velociraptors, you know, go to the right. museum. They're going to the museum, they're just looking at these crazy Whoa. animals. Yeah. Look at these tiny animals. <laughs> All these we've, tiny monkey things. We've never found an animal that was larger than a sm- baby stegosaurus. <laughs> and they're, they're pretty up to our speed, but in right. Eric's world, they're still in the 50s. <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, it's very granted hard. that's pretty close on the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's very hard to technical to technologically advance when you don't have posable thumbs. That's true, but they have velociraptor <laughs> claws, so yeah, that's pretty good too. That is really good. They have a claw-based system of tools. I really think that I would turn in my thumbs for velociraptor claws any day. <laughs> any day would destroy so many Xbox controllers. <laughs> Dude, but have you have you had any wear on your Xbox controller? Mine has actually been like a stoic beast. Okay, because it. I don't know if it's the way that I use it, but like my left trigger is literally dug all the way through to the plastic. Dug I through. I played Halo with you, Eric, and I'm surprised that you even use your left trigger. <laughs> well, you know, sports games. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Throwing interceptions. Yeah. Uh, the, it's, I used the trigger to throw, and it just screws me up. Um, <laughs> did I did I say trigger? I meant thumbstick. Oh, okay. yeah. So my thumbstick, literally, my thumbnail has cut a cut a hole all the way through the rubber to the plastic of the thumbstick. I'm wondering wow. if this is a problem for anybody else. Because uh, no. I think when I'm using the thumbstick, I don't use the pad of my thumb. I dig into it with my thumbnail, and then I pull on it. Maybe Ew. maybe that's why I'm so bad at games. <laughs> you are using a Velociraptor. <laughs> this is all I want in life is a Velociraptor thumb. Okay? Uh, this is all I want. Uh, oh, man. Where, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Pl- Planimos. Planimos. With hollow cores filled with dinosaurs. <laughs> okay. Anything else on this Planimo, dude? No, I think we should wrap it up. It's not coming to Earth or anything? Uh, it's coming to a theater near you. Great. Sandra Bullock starring. Yeah. I want to watch Gravity. I'm going to try and watch oh, it yeah. this We're... weekend. Oh, good job. I'm going to watch it this weekend, too. I have, a, I have a movie date set with my wife. Cool. So, I realized something. Because I'm, uh, I'm planning on watching this. I really want to watch it in theaters. Yeah. Because it sounds like a type of movie that's good for theater watching. Yep. If I do, it'll be three movies in a row that... The, the three movies that I've seen in theaters in a row, all in 3D, will be um, Gravity, Star Trek, and that uh, Aliens prequel. Yeah, Prometheus. Prometheus. Like, all 3D yeah. space movies. Well, I mean, 3D is basically made for space. If you're looking at 3D movies that <laughs> have come actually, out... That's true. Yeah, 3D movies that have come out that haven't been in space. Like, I mean, the, big, the biggest 3D movie ever, right, is Avatar, space right. movie. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, like the space... Yeah. Like, Avengers came out in 3D. Nobody was like, hey, you got to check out the 3D in this thing. Right? Yeah, I actually saw that in 3D, and it was barf. It was barf. Barf It was barf town. All of the Transformers movies that came out in 3D, like, 
Dude, it's all about space or bust. If if you're going to pay money for 3D, it's space or bust. So we're assuming that the next Star Wars movie will be in 3D, right? Absolutely, it will. Hmm. I hope that's good, man. I think, dude, honestly, like I've said this before, they can't screw it up more than they already have. And not to mention, J.J. Abrams has knocked it out of the park with every movie that he's made. Mission Impossible 3 was really good. Uh, Super 8 was really good. And then uh, the two Star Trek movies were really good. So, How many Planimos are going to be in? Oh, dude, Planimo needs to be a part of Star... That's the perfect plot for Star Trek Three, honestly. Because at the end of Star Trek Two, then they go out on their Star Trek mission where they're exploring new worlds and, mm-hmm. you know, on an exploratory mission for five or six years or whatever. Like, they need to encounter a Planimo. Mm-hmm. Remember the Planimo. That should be the name. Star Trek Three. Remember the Planimo. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, geez, we're just bigging out the Hollywood blockbusters. Yeah. By the way, guys, we have a phone number: Hollywood three six zero three six two zero zero two four. Leave a voicemail for our agents. <laughs> yeah. All right. Speaking of voicemail, speaking also, of- if you could recommend some agents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of voicemail, speaking of agents, we do have the Facebook roundup coming up very, very shortly. But before we do that, we got to talk about BallMove.com, guys. BallMove.com. Breaking Bad may be over. You may be crying. You may be sad. I'm watching through Breaking Bad on Netflix right now, so I'm trying to avoid all spoilers for all time. But uh, Breaking Bad may be over, but there is a Breaking Bad recap episode of the Breaking Good podcast featuring Jim and Aaron. you got to check that out. It is the way to tie a little bow on your sad, 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 sad state because Breaking Bad is done. But also Walking Dead is coming, and that means that there's a Walking Dead pre- preview, pat, pre- preview cast for the Watching Dead podcast featuring Jim and Aaron. That's there. There's also a Kickstarter that's still live. There's about 10 days left. So check that out. The Watching Dead Kickstarter helps support baldmove.com podcasts. And so you can do that there. Also, um, you got the Because Show, which is on baldmove.com. You got Up Yours Downstairs, which is on baldmove.com. You got Get, Get Off My Running Back, the new football podcast, uh, which is on uh, baldmove.com. There's so much stuff on baldmove.com. We're on baldmove.com. Baldmove.com, guys. Just baldmove.com, your baldmove.com, and baldmove.com it. Baldmove.com it. Baldmove.com it. Do it. The new intergalactic uh, web domain. Do it. Comment. Do it, do it, do it. Um, all right, let's do our uh, Facebook roundup here. So each week we uh, post a thread on Facebook. We say on the Personal Arguments Facebook page, we say, hey, uh, we're casting. Give us some topics to talk about, and uh, we touch on them. We've We've already talked about a couple of these on the show, but we'll just run through them real quick. Uh, Michael Merriman says thoughts on this year's crop of television shows, favorites, bombs. I think, uh, um, you know, the new stuff coming out, I haven't been really been watching any of it except for agents of shield. And you know what my thoughts are on that? I guess we're just behind the times, dude. I'm definitely behind the times. I don't watch anything on TV, but football. We're in our late twenties. Yeah. The football season is good this year though. It is a good football season. You know, there's some great newcomers. There's, There's some, some uh, uh, real real turnover in the league. The Giants, the Steelers, like some of these yeah. old old faithful teams old Star Wars slumping. Two teams that have won two uh, Super Bowls in the last ten years are now collectively zero and eight. That's nuts. Or are they zero and eight? Or are they zero and ten? Oh, they're zero and nine because the uh, the Steelers were off last week. So yeah, two teams that have won the Super Bowl in the last won two Super Bowls in the last decade. Are, are now 0 and 9. That's that's some big turnover. So that's our thoughts on this year's crop of television shows. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I saw this thread today that was like, 
great things about being in your late twenties. I feel like one of the things that they missed was that you now never watch live TV. <laughs> live TV is for live TV people. Yeah. Except it, unless it's sports. Uh, Parisante, uh, we're not, we're not hating you. We're not hating on you, by the way, Mark, Michael, and I know you have a Seahawks, uh, insignia. Yeah, we can't hate on him with the Hawk there. We can't. And also I wish I had time. I wish I had time and space, but I got a podcast, like 17 podcasts a week and I got to work <laughs> and I'm, I told you I'm already in a funk. I'm getting <laughs> funky. Jesse's funky. We're all funky. I'm not funky. I'm not funky. You're the funk master. Yeah. I'm the master of funk, but in a good way. <laughs> okay. Parrish, our good buddy Parrish from the uh, Hipster uh, Stronghold of Brooklyn says, opinion on the upcoming film Zero Charisma. Jesse, have you seen the trailer for this film? Uh, You know, I haven't. Dude, you got to get the trailer for this. This is a movie that I'm very excited about because it's all about Dungeons and Dragons. And not oh, about what? Not about Dungeons and Dragons in like a sense of like we're going to recreate a bunch of uh, things like like a bunch of, uh, you know, reenactments or LARPing. It's like actually being a dungeon master, and it's huh. it, the star is this very unattractive dude, and it's like his problems as a dungeon master in real life, and it's a comedy, and I very cannot wait for this movie. Interesting. Yeah. My opinion is uh, I need to check this out. Yes, and it's called Zero Charisma, which is awesome because it's a joke that only people who play Dungeons and Dragons will get. I'm just saying, if you have zero charisma, that's very dangerous, because if you take any further charisma damage, it transfers onto constitution, and once your constitution goes to zero, you're dead. Oh, Jesse, you won't like this movie at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, but zero constitution, honestly, check this out. I'm excited for this film. Um, up next, we got Justin. Uh, Justin says, first of all, thanks for the podcast recommendations. This is our buddy who went on the ferry ride to Alaska. Um, he says, I really enjoyed the Rachel Ray podcast. I can't... It cannot recommend Rachel Ray podcast enough. If you want quick and easy dinner tips, things you can prepare in less than 20 minutes, Rachel Ray's Rachel Ray is your place. Yeah. I still need to uh, listen to this. I, I think I'd really enjoy it. I really <laughs> want to start cooking better. Why not? I want to get my cook on. <laughs> I got a Turkey coming up this Thanksgiving. And let, <laughs> let me tell you, Eric, my Turkey last year, not that good. Don't deep fry it, dude. No, I'm not deep frying. You've it. already had a tree fall on your house. You don't need a turkey fry disaster. <laughs> I don't need any more deep woods blunders. <laughs> deep wood blunders, the new survival show starring Jesse Wilson. <laughs> one, one young dad from the suburbs goes and lives in the deep woods of the Olympic Peninsula. I love it. Things along the way. <laughs> he says, uh, anyway, Justin says, so on the ferry ride back from Alaska, I actually found someone playing by themselves with magic cards and offered to play with her. I ended up only winning one of the six games. And honestly, I think she let me win that one game. I've got to say, all this time I was hating on magic, but then I finally played it. And honestly, it's fun. It's a very fun nice. game. I mean, Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons are two games that have a ton of stigma attached to them, but you only have to play them once to realize how fun they are. Eric, I have been itching so hard to play some magic cards yeah. that I've just, while I've been marathoning Frasier, I've just been like shuffling my deck up and like drawing the top seven cards to see mm -hmm. if I need to adjust my deck at all to see if I'm getting mana screwed yep. or anything. Ugh. Good times. Well, I, and on the curtails of that, Jesse, I have now finished 150 unique cards in my board game that I am designing. Oh, cool. Which means it is very close to getting ready to play test. And there are... Wonder you're so busy. 
there are some uh, some CCG elements that are attached to that game. Mm. But what, what if, happens if uh, you introduce me to the game and I just totally kick your ass at it? Are you going to get mad? Absolutely not. It's playtest, bro. I'll figure out a way to beat you. Um, <laughs> and he, and if I can decide it. He says, uh, Justin says, anyways, long story short, I enjoyed playing Magic. I was wondering if the Xbox Magic games are any good. Also, any tips for beginners as far as collecting, building decks, and playing goes? Uh, two things here. First of all, the Xbox Magic games are really good. If you are a beginning yeah, player, they're totally worth it. Download it. It is worth the money. You will play the hell of it, and it will also teach you how to play Magic. It clarifies a lot of stuff. It does, and you can't do anything wrong. You can't break yeah, the rules. Yeah, you can't in break it, the rules. Right? So you'll figure out what the rules are through that. And then second of all, if you're a beginner, find a local group and uh, start partic- start participating in drafts. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, I, I I mean, we've been over this before, but I yeah. love drafting just because yeah. all you ev- everyone walks into there with on an even playing field. Exactly. And then it's up to you to build a good deck and stuff. And the first few times you do it, the decks you build aren't going to be as good as the other people's decks because you're right. not going to know how to, you know, sniff out the great cards. But you'll get a great foundation of under- understanding, and you'll get some decks. Like the deck that you walk out of there with is worth the price of admission. Absolutely, yeah. That's the thing. That's a great thing about Magic too is that if you buy a, a booster pack for three fifty or whatever it is. You the cards in there are usually worth three fifty if you add them all together. Like, sure, if you're if you plan on selling them, right? But I'm just saying you always get your money out of you always get your money's worth out of it. And well, also, what's great, what's great with a with um doing a a booster draft is you leave with a deck that you can mm-hmm. play with. And you should keep those around because they're really fun for casual play. And then also, you spent twelve dollars, and you usually spend about three to four hours. Like, how much yeah. do you spend on a movie? Like it's worth the money, and then yeah. and then uh, and then you should find some groups. And if you need some help uh, figuring out what's going on with the latest set and how you can help things that can help you in your draft, check out the Limited Resources podcast. Uh, they are really good at breaking down each set and telling you which cards are the best in each set. So I hope that's Man. enough information on Magic. Uh, up next, we got Aaron Kirkhoff. Who's this guy? I don't know. Sounds like a real Kirkhoff to me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. E- anyway, he says Silk Road. And actually, Aaron's in luck because Aaron Hubbard is going to be on next week's show, and he's going to break down Silk Road for us. Oh, on, so, on this show? On this show. Oh, He's already cool. committed to it. Uh, so he's going to come, and he's got all the info on, on the whole Silk Road debacle. So, yeah, uh, I'm really interested in this. I Honestly, am too. like when I got off work, I was like, I'm going to read up on it and have a lot to say about it. And then I was like, I need to lie down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Uh, Leland Darby says, CBS News says government shutdown now includes agency that proves breweries and label bottles. Looks like we covered that topic. Um, but yeah, if you're going to get us mad about something, just affect our beer. I guess that's the, the moral of that story. Uh, Ryan M. Kleska says Seahawks and Colts bet. Uh, so we did lose the bet. We had a bet with Aaron. Um, that, was, that, that made this week's loss even stink so much more. It did. And right after the loss, I was like, I'm not going to fucking do that. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. So we oh, gotta I'll fi- definitely do yeah, it. We got to figure out how to do it. I was just very bitter about the loss. But then whatever. So if the Seahawks had won, <laughs> thanks. If the Seahawks had won, uh, Aaron was going to get a fish, put a tiny Seahawks jersey on, it, and have somebody throw it at him until he mm-hmm. caught it and Should put it on video. One. 
Yeah, really. I mean, the fish aren't that hard to catch. Uh, and then, uh, but since we lost, that means we have to create a cornhole game, which is that beanbag throwing into a hole game, and then put our face on it and then throw the beanbag at it until yeah. we get it in the hole. Let's talk about this. Do you want to make it or do you want me to make it? Uh, I don't know. Who's ever got the most cardboard laying around? Well, that's the thing. Like, I could, I got a, I got a ample supply of pallets. I could. Oh wow! Make a real heavy duty. Jeez. Deal. That's hardcore. Yeah. Why not? If you're okay, if you're it. up for it, let's do it. And we'll we'll film that sometime during the season and put it up on baldo.com. James Patterson says Nobel Prize talk, Higgs boast talk. Also, add six drinks every time Eric mentions that he hates the Steelers on the Get Off My Running Back podcast, one for each Super Bowl win. And to oh. that, to that, James, I would say you should probably drink five times for every legitimate Super Bowl win by the Steelers. Oh, snap. Yeah. Snap attack. Break out the snapples, guys. Break them out. By the way, Higgs Boson, we're very excited, of course, for the for the Nobel Prize going to the Higgs Boson bros. Uh, I call them the, the Higgs Brosons. Uh, Naomi says, have you guys, uh, tried to take the black stout yet? I got to try that. And he says, oh, uh, or, I'm sorry. And she says, oh, and this, I just saw this is the end. And apparently there was a shout out to your favorite brewery in there. Interesting. I think I didn't notice that. I think they were drinking beer from the shoots, but I'm not sure. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and then Sam Golmohammadi from England says, Hey guys, just wondering if you, uh, what you think of this Kickstarter, the notice feature card game. So check that out on Kickstarter, the novice feature card game. I will check that out, Sam, and I'll, I'll let you know what I think about it. And then finally, Sean Keefe says, do you guys like, or have you tried kombucha, Jesse kombucha experience? Um, yeah, I've had it a couple times. I really like it. So I like heart. it. Yeah, I like it too. It's tart. It's yummy. It's, it's good for you, apparently. It's very vinegary. And the times that I've had it is when I feel bad or when I feel sick. Not bad. Like, I feel sick. Like, a hangover is a great time to drink kombucha. And for me, I got to chug it because it does taste like straight-up carbonated vinegar. Hmm. But this is my experience with kombucha. I chug it. So I drink the whole thing in probably less than two minutes. And then I get really tired for like 20 minutes, and then I feel excellent. That's my kombucha experience. Interesting. Oh, man, Jesse. That was, that's a cast, man. Let's let's do some recommendations. What do you say? Yeah, let's cast off. What's your first reco? Oh, uh, I just got to say it again. Guys, you got Netflix. Mm-hmm. You got to just start marathoning Frasier. It starts getting really good around, like, season six. You hear the blues calling. I constantly do. I watch, like, four episodes of this. (laughs) Well, that's what we're doing with Breaking Bad, but I think you're probably getting a better TV show. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's uh, maybe the best thing that's ever graced the airwaves. Dude, your whole family should definitely be Frasier for Halloween. Like, I feel like you should be Martin. (laughs) I'm Niles. Are you Niles? I was thinking you were Niles, but then who's yeah. Frazier? Oh, uh, Russell, Nisha. Russell Nisha is definitely Frazier. Yeah. yeah. Sasha would be... Daphne. Daph or yeah. Roz? No, She's... Daphne, because you're Niles. Yeah, that's true. There you go. <laughs> you could get more information like this on our Frazier cast, Hear Those Blues <laughs> to Call It, where we recap every episode of Frazier. <laughs> <laughs> the 
blues are casted. Uh, my my uh, my advice this week is coming straight from the Get Off My Running Back podcast. If you're in a fantasy league, you got to pick up Alshon Jeffrey. You got to pick up. You got to pick up Garrett Graham because uh, you know that that uh, that uh, I can't remember his name right now. But the guy, the tight end for the Texans, is down. So uh, so you got to pick up Garrett Graham. He's a huge pickup. And then uh, if Justin Blackman is available, you got to get him. So that's my fantasy advice for this week. There you go. Do it. I know that I need to drop the Houston defense. Yeah, that's an awful idea. Man, I got destroyed Mm -hmm. last week. Demarius Stormborn does not necessarily always help you, sir. Well, it was fine until Tony Romo racked up 54. Well, there you go. I was winning with a 95% projection to win. I loved it because I was <laughs> – yeah, that's kind of crazy. I was going up against Levi, and I destroyed him. Um, and we had that side wager where uh, the loser would give the winner his quarterback. <laughs> and uh, so Levi lost, therefore he was obligated to give me his quarterback. However, I rejected his quarterback because I didn't want him. He had Michael Vick. Yeah, there you go. Which who you originally had. So good trade on you, sir. <laughs> yeah, I was I knew that I wanted to get rid of him pretty early. Yeah. Good call. What's your Seco Reco? Oh, um mine's actually a request though. Mm. If any of the listeners uh have experience writing a business plan, let me know. Alrighty. Alrighty, and then my Seco Reco this week. It's going to be a new album. It's a uh, it's a musical album. It comes out from a guy who I went to school with. I was college roommates with. I was in a band with him for six months, and uh, it's the fourth studio album from his band, Dance Gavin Dance, here from Sacramento, California. And if you get a chance, give it a listen and give it a buy on iTunes because he's my good buddy and he is awesome and his band is great. So do it, Dance Gavin Dance. Wham, whammo, kablamo! That is a show. Uh, listener, thank you so much for listening this week. And until next week, remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, please stay hey. arrogant. Fush and chips are no fush and chips. <laughs> Boop, <laughs> boop,